and welcome to episode 31 of Dream Theater Radio. Pleasure to be back. Had to take a couple weeks off for a couple of personal things, but we are back at it. I'll be releasing two episodes this week. Uh, this episode, which is a very fun, very funny interview with our good friend Chris Nays. Um, we talk a lot about Dream Theater, obviously, and some Neil Moore stuff and what Petrucci's up to, and it's just a lot of fun. You know, Chris talks a lot about his way of thinking about the band from a musician standpoint, which is usually pretty right on. So really cool episode coming up. And then also we'll be releasing another episode in a few days, which will be a review of a very cool album. And that's all I'm going to say at this point. So I don't have any Dream Theater news, so let's get right into this interview with Mr. Nays. All right, everybody. So once again, we have the world famous Mr. Chris Nays. Back on DTR. How you doing, Chris? I'm doing good. Uh, that's a weird introduction, <laughs> but I'm not, certainly not world famous. Uh, but I'm happy to be on your show, at least. Ooh, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For uh, me and Chris just recorded an episode of me on his show, which I think went decently well. So definitely listen to yeah, that. Yeah, the uh, show's called Bacon and Nays. And, uh, and, uh, you can, you'll, I'm sure you'll have it linked somewhere for people to check out. It's, a it's an education in all things Thelmo Rigo. And I think that people that listen to the Dream Theater radio podcast would really enjoy it because it's something you haven't heard on Dream Theater radio before, which is, uh, Thelmo talking about himself the entire time. <laughs> But it, I wanted him to, so it wasn't like it was a thing where you know it was unwelcomed. So uh, no, I've I've I really enjoyed doing the episode, and let's get to your episode now. Yeah, you know how hard it is to have your own podcast and not try to talk too much about your own things that you do, like your own music and stuff. Even though it's related, it's still prog. Like it's so hard to not try to plug yourself to the point of like. Death. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I think a, uh, a healthy one time at the beginning or the end is fine. Yeah. You know, True especially that. around around release day. You know, like that kind of thing is. Totally I think that's when I did it. it. Was the only plug ever. It was just like, hey, my album came out. Enjoy it. Bye. Yeah, and, and <laughs> I would like uh, I would like throw it in the show notes every time because then it doesn't even matter. You know what I mean? It's just like in there. That's true. It is. That's yeah. true. So, Chris, you are the first person ever so far to have their third time on DTR. How do you feel about that? I feel pretty good. Uh, I'd like to thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I've had relationships shorter than your three podcasts combined. So. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I enjoy being on your show and having a good conversation with you and uh and you mentioned that uh some of my episodes are the most listened to so you have a certain amount of pride in that they are they and, are yeah. uh, uh i can i actually brought more stories and stuff so i'll certainly share those with you maybe this will be another best best of episode greatest hits episode perfect perfect <laughs> Yeah, uh, I definitely want to get into all that with you. But before we do that, yeah. let's get everybody caught up because uh, the last one came out. You were at the end of your Thor Hammer days, which we didn't know back when we recorded that. And then like the week after some shit, shit went down. So why don't you catch us up since last whatever it was, October, you know, whatever. I think it was – I think – our last uh, conversation was in September, and you may have released it in October. I'm not really sure, mm-hmm. but uh, but yeah. So, short version is um, we played a couple of really good gigs. We played a gig with Metal Church, which I think I even hyped on your show. Yeah. And uh, about about a month or two after that, so it ended up being. Uh, Late December or maybe mid-December, I was uh, text messaged that I was going to be let go, which I guess is the way of the world now. You, Instead of having an actual conversation with people, you text message them. Uh, but 
yeah, so um, they decided, or really, really, Kyle, the guy who's running the thing, running the thing over there, decided uh, I was not going to be needed anymore, and I uh, played. This is actually, um, you know, something that's not usual that happens with bands, but we had a a going away gig for me even, you know, well, like a lot was of it during a massive storm. Uh, it was, it was the day after there was a ice storm or something, or like maybe there was a threat of an ice storm the same night or something like that. It ended up being fine. Okay. Uh, but, but, but yeah, there was certainly the danger of that for a little bit, but a thing that normally doesn't happen, you know, we had a going away gig for me because like, they were happy that I was in the band for the time that I was. I certainly was an asset, I would say. And, um, you know, bands usually, when a breakup happens like that, where a guy's getting fired, he's usually not as uh, classy about it as yeah. as I was. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, usually people are fighting and stuff. So um, we, we made it happen, and I had a good time and a good set, and I got to thank and uh, show love to all of my hometown fans that kind of thing so um i certainly um wouldn't throw uh, as the kids say today i wouldn't throw shade their way uh i i really i really enjoyed being in a band with those dudes and i i get, even got to play a festival because of you know so that yeah. was pretty sweet awesome. uh, a lot of good times but more good times to come already working on new stuff um it's gonna happen. It's just a matter of time, and of course, I will return on your show. And uh, if and when I have new things to plug and throw out there in the world, for now, go and check out Bacon and A's podcast, uh, baconandaspodcast dot com, or on iTunes and all that, all the places you can, <clears throat> the same places you can find Dream Theater Radio. Is the same place as you can find bacon and nays. Sweet. So, so, yeah. so let's talk about bacon and nays for just a quick second. So, you have the on the road with Thorhammer podcast, and obviously right. that name wouldn't work anymore. <laughs> so, yeah. let's talk about bacon and nays. It's um, to me, it's a very. I'd listen to both, and it's sort of a very different type of show than on the road with Thorhammer. Obviously, so why don't you kind of give people a breakdown of what your new podcast is really? all about or the many things it's all about. <laughs> right, right. So I, I still encourage people to go and listen to the on the road with Thor hammer episodes and they're all still in the back catalog. When you, when you subscribe to big NAs, you'll still be able to find all the other ones in the feed. Mm-hmm. And, um, technically I'm up to like 80 something episodes now, if you count all the old ones, but, uh, so big and NAs is different because it's not going to be all music or band based. Um, especially since I don't have as many updates in that area of my artistic, uh, life anyway. Um, Big and Nays is more an open canvas of everything that I want it to be. So some episodes like the one we just recorded are going to be, uh, interviews. Some episodes are going to be improv comedy, which is, uh, the latest episode I put up called my bacon has a voicemail. And I can't wait for you to hear that, uh, Thelmo, but it's, it's, I, listen, I, you know, I don't want to be too self-indulgent, but I think it's hilarious, and I had a great time and laughed a lot while I was doing it, so, nice. obviously, I think it's funny. Um, and I hope other people think it's funny, too. But, so, so, yeah, we do improv stuff, we do interview stuff, we do, I, I'm, I'm currently writing, like, scripts for skits to do on the show, like, sketches, um, all, and pl- we play podcast games where, like, I throw tricks at them and uh, everybody brings stupid prizes. That <laughs> It's really just, like, stuff we don't want in our house anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so, so and uh, you can check out all that stuff on the podcast. And uh, I, we even do video clips and stuff sometimes, too, and you can find that stuff on YouTube. Uh, just look up uh, either Chris Nays on YouTube or... Uh, bacon and nays on YouTube that that'll pull all that stuff right up. But uh, of course, and my Facebook too. But um, but yeah, um, I'm really excited about bacon and nays. Uh, 
Um, it's in its baby version right now. But my latest episode, my bacon as a voicemail, is my favorite one I've ever done, even since the Thorhammer ones. So if I'm hit, if I'm setting a new bar for myself, that's it. And uh, and hopefully we make even better and funnier stuff. So that's that's really where that's at right now. Do you have a release date yet on that particular episode? That episode is already up. It's already up. Okay. It went up today, actually. <clears throat> okay. Uh, yeah. So. Um, more will be coming. Of course, the interview with Thelma will be there, and um, I welcome you to share the Thelma interview on your feed as well, if you want to. If you don't, that's fine too. But uh, it'll be on the internet for people to find it. So Cool. Yeah, we'll definitely yeah. do that. Why not? Alright, man. So, Chris, let's jump into some Dream Theater shit. For sure. Alright, man. So I know you had a couple things you want to talk about. The first thing being some comments about the last Dream Theater show you saw. Or went to. Yes. Yes. Uh, I went to see them on November 6th. Uh, so it's quite a while back now, but we haven't spoken in a little while. Um, so it was, it was, first of all, I want to say great, great show. Um, it was the first time I had seen them in like five years, which I think I mentioned last time I was on your show. Yeah. Um, it was particularly fun for me because it was the last time I got to hang out with a friend of mine before he moved to Florida. So uh, he's living uh, outside of Orlando, so it's not really that close to you. But, um, but you know, he's a former band member and stuff, So, um, and we grew up playing music together. So it was really cool to bond with him before he had to leave for good, you yeah. know. Uh, the, the venue was awesome. It was like a theater type venue. Uh, it was a, I've mentioned this before. It was like a rehabbed old venue in St. Louis that was built in like the twenties or something. Uh, super old building basically, you know? Uh, and it has that feel that like theater classy feel to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the red carpet and all that stuff. Really? Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was absolutely packed as far as I could see, completely sold out. Um, and, uh, this is something very interesting I wanted to share from the show. It was the first time at a dream theater show that I ever saw a crowd member ejected and not just kicked out to where people could notice, but dragged up the center walkway, like, (laughs) <laughs> like, like two guys pulled him out of the show, wow. and um, yeah. So I don't really know what the story behind that is. Uh, I know that he was a guy who was standing up in the front and really like super into it, and I thought that was cool. But um, maybe he crossed the line somehow. <laughs> uh, obviously, if they're pulling him out of the show by force, <clears throat> he yeah. did something. So, yeah, so that was, it was very interesting, but uh, as far as the show goes itself, amazing. They were, they could not have played better, in my opinion, and I was in a, I was in a very good seat. I was probably about 20 rows back, uh, right in the center, so best place for sound as well. Yeah, yeah. cool. Um, also, your show was the last one before they started doing the encore, right? Yes. Yeah, because I checked that. Um, and uh, I guess they started playing uh, As I Am. You Well, you saw a show with an encore, so tell me what songs they played on an encore. It was As I Am. Um, wow. As I Am, Pull Me Under. And. Um, right. I'm blanking out. The one from fucking Scenes. Holy shit. <laughs> uh, I'm blanking out on the name. That's terrible. Yeah, that's... Uh, well, I, I mean... It was a... I guess... It, was, it, it had to the be spirit, cool. The but, spirit carries on. That's uh, oh, that's... Wow, yeah, that took that me a yeah, Wow, yeah. we both blanked on that. Yeah, that was horrible. <laughs> this but is no. some good podcasting <laughs> we have going so far. We are, we are ready, yeah. 
but yeah, I was I I remember messaging you and being disappointed that I missed those, but I had seen all of those played live before, so not like a huge loss. Um, so our last podcast that must have been sometime in November, not September, because you had gone to the show already by this point. No, I I hadn't. I was I we were talking about going to the show. Is that what it is? Uh, yeah, I, um, I was talking about the venue and that kind of stuff, but I had not gone yet. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Ig- ig- ignore me. I'm all fucked up today. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right, man. I just did. I just did an interview. My brain is like wobbly here. Yeah, I'm at the. Uh, we discussed this, but I'm like at the end of my my day right now, so I'm, I should be the one messing up the facts. <laughs> wow. But yeah, no, I I had a great time, and uh, and it was, you know, the, those songs were very very good live, and I I really enjoyed the uh, the presentation of the latest album. You know, they they uh, there was more there was more uh, you know stage production than I had ever seen at a dream theater show as far as like Definitely. the video screens and the, you know, lights and the, yeah. all that. Yeah. All of that stuff. You could tell they had, they had really put a lot of thought into yeah. it. So. I, I, I honestly think it's going to be that way going forward too. Cause from the YouTube clips I've seen of the images and works tour that they're on now, it's kind of the same thing, isn't it? A lot of screens, a lot of cool imagery, a lot of shit going yeah. on too. So I think, yeah, they, it's just, it just uh, configured a little differently, but yeah. and of course, why wouldn't they do that? But yeah, um, yeah, the the images stuff looks good. Uh, I I've honestly not checked out very much of it because I want to keep it a surprise as much as possible um, for podcast purposes today. And uh, I I did look up what set list they've been doing, mm-hmm. um, but I will only look that one time. <laughs> And I did it for you, Thelmo. Thank you, thank you. I do love that the encore is the entire change of seasons. I think that's fucking oh, dude, brilliant. Yeah, it, well, if you want to get into the images stuff, I I actually wrote down a bunch of thoughts about um, so so these are going to be huge. We already did one, so there's a setlist spoiler. Sorry, and uh, <laughs> they all know. They all know. <laughs> they probably do. I'm I'm. I'm very old school in that way that I want to be surprised by the show. The internet's people, ruined that, man. Like, I know. You can be surprised about shit. People now want to know so that they know if it's worth buying the ticket or not to them. Wow. Whereas for me, that is part of, of buying the ticket is the surprise of going and having these amazing songs come at you like you never expected that song or whatever. And yeah. with dream theater is one is particularly a band that I don't look at, but because I want to talk about the tour, um, I'll make an exception. Uh, Thank you. So here's big set of spoilers right at the top. Change of seasons encore. I saw him do it in 2004. Um, they were doing it every other gig on that tour and it was fucking awesome then. And I'm sure that they are doing fantastic with it now too. Um, change of scenes is obviously the, if you play all of the change of scenes, you're going to make a lot of fans happy. Oh yeah. Uh, I would, I would put change of seasons among my favorite dream theater songs. Me too. Sure. Me too. Uh, some of the other songs that I noticed, um, or that I noted anyway, uh, hell's kitchen. I'm definitely into seeing that played live, even though, like, it's one of the more laid-back instrumentals. I'm still really into it, and they haven't played it in a while, as far as I know. Yeah. Um, I mean, the just the 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 images songs, like, you got "Take the Time," you got "Metropolis Part One," you got "Under a Glass Moon," you got "Learning to Live." I mean, Jesus. Yeah. Like. <laughs> That that album is fairly flawless, and that's such a treat, yeah. man. It really is. I mean, I'm just noting the ones off of that that I'm particularly fond of, but they top to bottom that record is fantastic. So, yeah. um, I did hear I or I I noticed on a friend of mine's uh, Facebook that people are skeptical uh, about whether or not Labrie can nail some of the notes on that record and. I mean, I saw 
at that show I saw recently, he was fine. He didn't. Oh, yeah. There was no. I didn't see any problem whatsoever. <clears throat> so they they noted some kind of YouTube videos, and I'm kind of reticent to believe any YouTube clips anyway because of sound quality on your cell phone. You know. Yeah. Um. But yeah, all those songs are great, and uh, also strangely enough, they're playing a cover of Jaco Pastorius, which, like, that—that's just—I would never expect that. But I guess, like, if 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 Myung's a big enough fan, then sure, do it because Jaco was an amazing bass player, and of course, lots of people got turned on to him by like the documentary, and yeah, uh, I, that's where I. I, I heard about him on podcasts before that, but um, but I really dug into it after I watched the Netflix documentary. And, Are they playing a whole Jocko song, or just like a little intro to As I Am? It might turn into just a little intro, but Portrait of Tracy is the song he's I, that he's playing. So mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I'm not really sure um, the extent of that because I uh, I didn't look up any videos. Uh, excuse me of the entire thing yeah but um but i just i saw it listed on setlist.fm or whatever that website is right. and um i re- i just found that super interesting that, <laughs> strange that they're in- that they're interested they're uh introducing a cover and a jacko cover you know that's i just wasn't expecting it you know yeah. what i mean um and, and then they also it, throw in the inner sandman uh Thing during as I am as well, right? Really? Yeah. Oh, did, and, I, uh, I don't, did I ruin something for you? <laughs> no, no. For my no, I mean, Enter Sandman is fine. I mean, I'm not like it's so overplayed that if they threw it in, I'm I'm fine with it. But yeah. I'm I'm not particularly a fan of the song. Um, I think that. Uh, actually, remind me. Do so. Do they throw it in? The, is it in the middle of? As I am, that they play that, or is it as the intro? It's 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 at the end of the song, like after the guitar and drum solo. They they do a couple bars of as I, not a couple bars. They do like the whole first verse and chorus, and then uh, jump back into as I am the finish. So, gotcha. Okay, so it's like sort of the middle. Yeah. It's it's sandwiched. Yeah, it's like the third quarter of the song. They just shoved it in. Yeah. But, it's a sand. It's a Sandman sandwich. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, that's that's the kind of comedy you get <laughs> with, with some dad jokes, yeah. right? Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, the, the, I'm I'm definitely interested in that tour. Uh, of course, we don't know yet whether or not they're uh, they're coming to places near us, but I would hope so. I'm scared. Uh, I'm I know. <laughs> well, I, they, I'm inclined they to through, so like I don't I, you know, I don't I'm not sure if they're gonna hit the anything but the major markets, you know. Yeah. I'm um I know they're doing mostly Europe and shit now and they're just gonna do North America just for the fall. So a little bit of a shorter leg. So I'm inclined to keep my optimism low to not be yeah. disappointed because I think the chances of them hitting either one of our markets on just a quick one leg kind of two or three month thing is probably on the lower end of that. You know? Yep. So. Uh, I'm definitely, uh, if they go, if, if they go to like Chicago, I'll probably go. Yeah. But I, yeah. that would be my only chance. I might have, to, I might have to fly somewhere too, man. Cause missing images and words is, is going to be a tough pill to swallow. <laughs> well, like, this is not a thing that they're just going to do again, you yeah. know, in like a couple of years. Like that's, that's not their style, you know? Yeah. So, um, they might do a different record, but I'm, I would, I'm, it's totally worth going somewhere. Yes. You know what I mean? I did that for years when they would skip over St. Louis every year from like Oh four to, uh, well, until, last year they skipped over us every year so yeah. um, if I went for if I went for Systematic Chaos 
then I then I can go for images and words. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's a no brainer. Now let me ask uh, you. I mean, this is two kind of monumental tours back to back, playing basically a full album of theirs, and no fucking DVDs. Like, what do you think about that? Because that pisses me off. <laughs> uh, I I think that. So is it a for, is it a for sure thing that they're not that they are not going to and and will not record a DVD for for astonishing? I mean, I don't think they're planning on ever playing it in in its entirety again on a stage, unless they did some sort of DVD like you know like what uh, Between the Buried and Me did, where it's just like a performance of an entire album like in a closed set, which I would still love, but. Um, as far as at a stage, I don't think they're ever playing um, the astonishing as a whole ever again. Yeah, man. It's, I, I, I guess I didn't even think of that until you just said it, that they never did one and it's kind of too late now. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, well, I, you know, we just, I, we probably discussed it before, but when, when the album first came out, but that... Uh, that was something I was looking forward to. Um, I mean, I'm wondering if the amount of negative comments about the astonishing kind of told them maybe it's not worth doing. But I mean, it's, I don't know. I think the negative comments are bullshit. Number one, but also number two. Even if you didn't care for the album, you'd probably still buy the live DVD because it's fucking Dream Theater. Like, you can't have a hole in your collection. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, and. Uh... Yeah, I mean, the whole thing, it's so, it's, here's, here's my, my take on the whole, um, how the internet and criticism has affected music now and, and how people approach that. It's like, I think that's complete horseshit. I think that bands should do whatever they think is best for their band and their artistic vision. And if, uh, if half of their, I, I understand the marketing side of it, and it's like if fifty percent of your fans were not happy with it on the internet, then that's gonna that gives you a projection of what the market's gonna do once you put out that double album or do, a double live album or do, triple live album or whatever. Right. Um, but I still think it's horseshit. I think that if there's enough fans who are who have a demand for it, then they should take the chance. You know, and maybe they convinced some of the people that does, didn't necessarily like the recorded version of Astonishing, but they do like the live version a lot. I heard that a know? lot. Yeah, I heard that a lot. I mean, that that's definitely an option as well. Um, yeah, and I and I can't remember for certain, but was 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 the uh, was the division of fans in uh, in critical reception or whatever. For uh, for the astonishing, did you discuss that with Jordan? I did. Yeah, I was gonna say I thought that you did, and I can't remember exactly what he said, but I, but I, you know, I know that they're aware. You know what I mean? And yeah. I think that 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 is something they've run into before, so they just have to kind of roll with it, you know. And I really wish they would 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 have filmed it. But yeah. you know, and I, I, don't even, I don't even know if legally there's enough. You know, there's a lot of red tape with Mike Portnoy that they could even really film the entire images and work. I mean, maybe they can. I don't know. I don't know how that all works. But yeah, as far um, as images, as far yeah, as far as images, he would probably get some kind of cut. Um, yeah, and maybe that's maybe that's not a thing they want to do. And uh, but it is possible that. Um, when they they play some of these overseas shows, that it gets filmed because they do those big festivals, and sometimes like they'll like I know I know like a couple of years ago for uh, for self titled, there's a full set of that high quality that's online yeah. um, from one of those big festival shows. So like that's something that could happen. Black you clouds know? and silver linings too. A lot of those shows are live at a festival, filmed really well. Which is right. lucky because we didn't get shit for that album either. 
So yeah, and I th- I think that was a result of the band not being on the friendliest of terms. Right. You know. Sure. They're like, we don't even want to bother with going through this entire process too. You know. Yeah. We're we're at each other's throats or whatever. You know. Yeah. Um. But but I you know, as far as would I like it if they filmed either? Uh, yes. Yes, a thousand times yes. <laughs> I mean, I I obviously would, of course, as well. With images, um, I I feel like the whole album is basically on all their other DVDs, or pretty close to their whole the whole album. Um, you know, we already have seven live versions of Metropolis and shit like that. You know what I mean? But that's true. Um, yeah, it's, it'd still be nice to see it as a whole for sure. Yeah, and uh, and there's some, you know there there's the added, um, you know, mystique of what Mangini would bring to the table for it, and um, and uh, Jordan, of course, his spin on his sounds and stuff for yeah. for images are have always sounded great to me. Yeah. Um, and uh, the yeah, it just you know. It's such an iconic record. It's it, it really is. It would be tough to top those old recordings, those old uh, DVDs and stuff like that. You know, live in Tokyo and all that. Yeah, live in Tokyo. Uh, I I really did all still dig all that stuff. And I even like look when I, while I was on that setlist website, I looked up the old St. Louis shows they did here, and they played like tiny ass clubs and played, you know, every song on images, and even played like the the B-sides, they played Eve, they played, um, oh shit, what was it, I can't remember the other one off the top of my head, but, uh, which is really interesting to go back and see, look at that stuff, and, um, um, I'm still super into that record as much as I ever was, um, st- still don't dig the drum sound, <laughs> <laughs> but that, I don't think that's ever gonna change, no. uh, Mike Pornay doesn't either, so, yeah, exactly, um, he fought that fight for a long time, and it was just like kind of hands tied, you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I had I had a couple of other things I wanted to talk about. If you want, if you want me to get into speaking of Mike Portnoy, um, the Neil Moore show in St. Louis, mm-hmm. uh, January twenty sixth. So that was even a couple of months ago at this point. Yeah. Um. Similitude of a Dream live. It was. I have okay, so I haven't seen Portnoy play drums since uh, he came with Adrenaline Mob, and obviously, this album is a thousand times better than Adrenaline Mob. Um, he freaking blew me away. The entire they all did. The entire set was awesome. Um, it was a smaller um, venue. It was like it's a new venue in town, but it's a smaller venue and uh, maybe like 500 people possibly, um, which is crazy because they're posting photos now from their overseas gigs and there's like thousands. Thousands, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy how like big prog metal is over there, but you gotta love it. Right? I love, it. I do love it. Yeah. I just want to um, stop you for one second and just yeah, go ahead. Just interject that the similitude of a dream. Is probably one of the best albums I have heard in a long fucking time. It's easily already in such a short period of time, easily my top five favorite albums of all time. Like, it is fucking incredible, I think. Like, Dude, it's up there. It's absolutely ridiculous in every way. Like, I, like the, the fucking melodies, the vocal melodies, the harmonies, like... The instruments, like it's just all so ridiculously awesome, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to throw yeah. that out. Like, no, yeah, and that's that's welcomed uh, comment because I'm 100 percent in the same boat. I was um, always an iffy Neil Morse fan. Like, yeah. I liked, you know, I liked some of the transatlantic stuff. You know, it was all kind of like a mellow version to me. You know, and. Like, I've gone back now after this album, The Grand Experiment. I mean, just fucking, like, Neil Morse, you know, and their new guitar player, Eric Gillette. Like, these guys have just blown the fucking top off. Like, it's unbelievable. So, anyway, sorry yeah. to interject, but I wanted to throw No, it no, no. And, and on that note, I think that a lot of people are exactly like you 
and someone like me where like I love I I absolutely love Neil's music and um I was reticent and kind of it uh, it was a little standoffish to me the uh God and Jesus stuff because he is a Christian rock guy yeah. you know what I mean like that's very much with his solo stuff and he's it's not as uh beating you over the head with it with the Neil Morse band um which is which is a thing that I think helped them out on these last two records that they did as the Neil Morse band is that yes he did say god and yes he did say jesus maybe once or twice but like he wasn't as in your face with it as like as uh testimony 1 and 2 or um oh shit uh momentum um i really love all the melodies and and the the interplay between all the musicians on those two but these last two neil morse band records really hit it out of the park and uh and yeah like you said like this double album top to bottom has great hooks has good melodies has great solos it's like everything you want you know and uh it's perfect dude yeah so and when they when they played it live like they nail everything right so um so it's you know if you get a chance anybody who still is gonna get shows coming their way i know there's shows coming to like south america and stuff like that now that's how successful this album and tour has been is like they're going places they've never been yeah they go they go everywhere but fucking florida those fuckers (laughs) that's true i would love i would love to catch that show and i think the closest they came to me was like tennessee oh Uh, that uh the cruise the cruise yeah Yeah. but now you need a passport and shit like it gets all yeah yeah, yeah. it's a lot more complicated so let's get back into the show for just a minute. Yes. Uh, I won. I actually bought tickets after I found out I was kicked out of that band. So, uh, so I knew I was having a lot more free time coming up, <laughs> basically. So then I won tickets to the show after I had already bought tickets. So I just gave two to a couple friends of mine who are big Portnoy fans, not necessarily Morse fans. Mm-hmm. Um. And one of one of the friends went with me in I think 2011 when they when Dream Theater opened for Iron Maiden, and um, of course they played an opening slot set. So he was always disappointed that he only got to see Portnoy play for half an hour or whatever that set was. Mm-hmm. Um. So he he finally for free, got the opportunity to see Portnoy play for three hours and then play one of the best records that I like you. I mean, what you said before is completely correct about it is like, it's amazing. So, uh, during the overture, that friend cried <laughs> of happiness. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, I, I will never forget that. And I gave, I was able to give that to my friend. Um, that experience, you know, was was a fantastic thing. And uh, well, he did also have a couple of drinks before that, so I don't think that that hurt his ability to cry. Cry on <laughs> command. Yeah. yeah, like <laughs> as soon as he felt the emotion that they were putting out there, he was like bawling. So that was that was pretty great and funny after the fact. Cool. I remember because I've. Obviously, follow Mike Portnoy's, you know, Facebook and shit like that. And I remember, like, you know, just this random comment, like, you know, last spring, just finished recording new Neil Morse band album, fucking awesome, whatever. And I was like, that's cool, I'll check that out. And then, like, as it was getting like September-ish, you know, the album comes out in a couple months, he posts this random comment, like, this is the best album I'm a part of I've ever recorded, whatever. And I was like, that's quite a bold statement for the guy who made fucking scenes from memory and images and words and shit. Like, you know, he's probably just trying to hype it up. Like, you know, it's a bunch of bullshit. And then I remember they released a little teaser video, which was just the first two tracks of the album, The Long Day and The Overture, as a little piece, you know, with little cartoon stick figures and bullshit. 
And I just remember I'm just that being fucking blown away. Like right. I'm just that. Like that right there. Just this little intro, which is just so mellow, just Neil singing, and then this ridiculous overture, like just fucking I just knew this album was gonna be like massive just from that. And then when it finally came out, I got to listen to the whole thing. I mean, there's not a bad track on there. It's just so fucking I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, flow, it flows really well, and they it's very well pieced together, too. So yeah. um, I, I was so skeptical before hearing that thing. I'm like, Mike Portnoy is going to release a double-disc concept album on the same year Dream Theater puts out The Astonishing? Like, I was like, what a bunch of bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like, uh, yeah. I was so wrong, man. Like, yeah, it, it's it's awesome when, when uh, these bands and these artists surprise us, you know, like, um, I I certainly have high expectations for Portner anytime he says something like that. So, yeah. um, but I mean, I yeah. haven't I haven't loved everything, you know. Like, um, yeah, no, there's you know, there's the, stuff that there's stuff he's done that I'm not that into either. You know, like you the know. Winery Dogs don't interest me really, like at all. Um, mm-hmm. and like Flying Colors, like it's proggy, but I'll I'll, I'll get into some songs and not. Others, you know, there's some boring moments here and there for me, but I didn't expect yeah. this album at all. I yeah, and I know you're into the heavier stuff, so like Flying Colors, they're a lot of times they're laid back. They're more yeah, but so is Neil Morse. You know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. I love it. <laughs> it's just but it's a, it's what hits your ear the right way. You know, you yeah. can't. That's the thing you can't really describe is like why something is better than something else. Yeah. Sometimes it just is. You know, yeah, and it catches you in different ways. Like, for example, the band you have behind you on the wall, Pink Floyd. Like, that's what that album reminds me of a lot is some Pink Floyd shit. And normally, I don't like anything that sounds like Pink Floyd unless Pink Floyd did it, you know? Yeah, and this album just has these Floydian moments that just like kill it for me. Like, I love it. So, I like like that, that uh, Floydian (laughs) adjective. I think it's an adjective anyway. Right. Uh, so, so, yeah, and I, I, and I actually, uh, I actually, this, I'm not embarrassed by this at all, by the way. Mm-hmm. I was bawling, crying after my last show with Thorhammer um, on my way home after dropping off my drums at the practice base and stuff. And I was listening to this record. So it definitely hits me in the right way. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Makes me super happy. Makes me super sad sometimes. Like it, it got, it has me at the heart. You know what I mean? So yeah. they, they knocked it out of the park. And we can't. I, we're probably going on to ad nauseum about this, but <laughs> please look it up if you haven't, listeners. Um, and I, and I, I do want to end the Neil Morse thing on saying like, go see the album live because they do add a couple of cool moments and touches that you aren't expecting that makes it even more interesting. And, um, on the, with the God stuff, like just, you know, it's not on, it's not so on the nose as the other ones have been. If you haven't listened to the record yet, you probably should have by now, but, um, it's not, it isn't beating you over the head with it. And he maybe says God once, And, um, and when he does, it's part of the story. Like, yeah, and yeah. the whole thing is is a is a uh, based on a, a a book about a journey based yeah. on biblical stuff. But but I mean, just get over it because frankly, you know, you're doing yourself a disservice if you're not listening to this record. So that's my that's my uh, soapbox moment for Neil Morris. He is worth just kind of like. Put in the just put it aside. Put your skepticism aside for a second, you know, or for two hours because that's how long it takes to listen yeah. to this record. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it is uh, a long uh, one. It's one of the few yeah. concepts albums I don't mind listening to in halves. Um, yeah. So like, I'm perfectly happy to listen to like disc one if I only have a little bit of time, and then do disc two. Like it, it, you know, like it all stands on its own well. Plus being. Mm-hmm part of a larger awesome story. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, after that, after, uh, finishing that Neil Moore stuff up, I did have a couple of short, um, things about meeting 
uh, Portnoy or trying to meet Portnoy that I wanted to share. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Go uh, for it. Okay, so the first one was at the first time I saw them in Kansas City. It was on the break from the studio tour while they were recording Train of Thought, I believe. And they played some gigs with Queensryche. And uh, this was one of the gigs with them. And um, so I see, when we're waiting outside to go in, I see Mike's drum tech out taking a photo of the marquee. And this photo of the marquee actually ended up on the score documentary too, like the exact photo I saw him taking, (laughs) which is weird to see that after. But, uh, But anyway, I actually walked up to him and was like, Hey, are you Mike's drum tech? And he straight up was like, "No." <laughs> and I know, I know for a fact that was the guy. I see you but, swing his mic like ten times a day, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like he's on that entire Metropolis DVD. So, <laughs> what an uh, asshole. Yeah, so he was kind of a dick to me, but I, but it, you know, in hindsight, I'm you know 19 years old, bugging him. He obviously knows what I'm after, which is probably to get like a pass or something like that, you know, um, which is true, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, so the next time I wanted to mention that I met, I met him, let's see. Which was, and that was when I told, me, I told you about. Uh, he was sort of standoffish at that one. Mike was at that one, but I understood because he was really tired and, you know, um, I think the whole band was sick at that show too. Mm -hmm. Uh, so it was awesome, but it was still kind of like, I, I knew to not keep them there all night or anything. Um, the next time I met Portnoy was on the systematic chaos tour and he saw my score shirt and was particularly tickled that I had a score shirt because not that many people have those, you know, like it's all, it's, it's the people that were at the show. That's the only place they ever sold them as far as I know. Um, so that was cool. And then, and that's not a very interesting story, but, (laughs) but it is what it is. And the last time I met him was a black clouds and silver linings tour that he did an in-store signing in Chicago. And this was right before they opened for uh, Maiden. So at this time I was dating some chick and I got, and I got my DVD signed to her. And I think he was kind of miffed that I was not, that I was getting it signed to somebody else. I don't, I'm not certain, but it's like when I told him I wanted him to do that, he was kind of like over it, you know, (laughs) And I get kind of get it. He's he's signing like for five hundred people, and I'm giving yeah. specific instructions and stuff. So anyway, I tell him to sign it for this chick, and then, um, because I'm super nervous and not good when I'm meeting people that I admire a lot. You know what I mean? Like yeah. when I met, when every time I've met Porno, I just garble out something, and I kind of forget what I say. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, it's, it's, and I like like when you interviewed Jordan, like I would not be able to contain myself. I would, would fan out. I would not be professional about it. It was, <laughs> you it, know? It was hard, dude. I was a little, I was a little schoolgirl, like right before the camera started rolling. And I then, bet it was. And then right after, right after I off, I'm like, oh my god, he, he was so cool though. He was so cool. When you're done, let me know because I got a Mike Mangini story that you'll like. Okay, but, okay, yeah. It was, this is just real quick. Um. So, so I, what I said to him was, Hey man, I was at score and I was there when the keyboards broke at liquid tension in Chicago. And he said, cool. (laughs) (laughs) So he was not, he didn't care. He's like, I just don't, I don't even really want to be here, but you, and you're telling me this thing, you know, like. And I was, and instantly I'm like, oh my god, I'm an idiot, you know, like you, when you say something to somebody, you instantly wish you had never said it. <laughs> so that's that's my last porno story. Hopefully, I get to meet him again, and I don't say something completely stupid. Uh, but yeah, 
Mangini. I'm interested in this. Yeah. So two things real quick. One, I only met Mike Portnoy once, and it was the last time he came to Boston before leaving Dream Theater, which obviously I didn't know at the time, but it was the Black yeah. Cloud show. And he was super nice. He was at a Daddy's Junkie Music right outside Berkeley College of Music in Boston. And, uh, you know, cool guy, you know, in-store signing and took pictures with us. He was actually really nice to me. Now, Mangini... I don't know if I've ever told this entire story in the podcast. I alluded I to it. No, you haven't. You did allude to it. I, I'm inter- really interested, though. Yeah, I alluded to this once. Like, Mike Mangini yelled at me, I said. And nobody ever, like, hey, what happened with Mike Mangini? Nobody gives a shit. But that's okay. I, that's okay. This is a good story, okay? So, that day, the day of the show, I went to – I met John Petrucci at a signing in a store – and then I did the Jordan interview right after. So obviously I met those two. So I went with like a picture. I don't know if you saw the picture I posted of everyone's autographs. But uh, yeah. pro- I most likely did. Yeah. So obviously I had those two autographs, right? So after the show, we, go, we had backstage passes. So I go there. The first motherfucker out, surprisingly, was John Mayung. Super cool. Chatted with everybody for like an hour. So I got his autograph. And then um, while he was there, Jordan... Ha- showed up. I already, I already had his, whatever, so, said hello again, you know, whatever. And then they were gone and it was like over, like nobody was there. And I'm like, fuck, like my whole goal today is to get everyone's autograph. I only got three, right? So Mike Mangini, no, I'm sorry. James Abri walks in like, a, like 20 minutes later when we haven't had anybody. We're all about to leave. Like he comes in and hangs out with us for like a half hour. So I get his autograph and I was like, cool, four down, one to go, right? So Mike Mangini is the last motherfucker through the door, right? He, come, yeah. he comes like at the – it's like 2 o'clock in the morning. This dude shows up at the backstage like meet and greet, right? So right away I'm like, oh my god, he's the last one I need. So I like attack the fucking guy. And oh, he, he very seriously – he's like, hang on a second, sir. I will get to you. <laughs> and he walked he and talked to the – and then he's like, is Michael here? And we're all like – the fuck's that mean? And some guy's like, that's me. And he went and chatted with him. I'm like, that's weird. Whatever. So I was literally the last fucking person. I waited for Mike Mangini to make his full round through that entire room. I felt so embarrassed. Like, yeah. like, like he totally like knocked me down, right? So, but I mean, you know, when he got to me at the end, um, he was like really nice. You know, he's like, sorry I made you wait. He was like, I, I needed to see that guy. So I was like, yeah, that's cool. And he signed my thing. I was all happy. But... When, when I ended up, after he left, I was talking to the dude, and the dude is like, he was like, see, what happened is uh, my buddy bought me and him tickets to the show, and I was so appreciative that I was like, you know what, I'm going to get us backstage passes. So that dude knew somebody who used to work with Mike at Berkeley, so he called him up. He's like, yo, can you think Mike Mangini could get us some backstage passes? Obviously, right? So the fucking guy like, hooked it all up. So he had called Mike, like, hey, can you get some, you know, backstage passes for, like, my best friend? And obviously he did. So he, would, like, really wanted to meet this guy because he was, like, the best friend of someone that, like, he knows. You know what I mean? So, like, he wanted to meet him first coming in the room. Um, but I guess I had attacked him a little bit too early. So I got the, yeah, so he, you know, I got so the hand like, in the face. <laughs> right, yeah. So he, like, actually put his hand, like, up in front and was like, stop. I was way too excited. Yeah, he was like, "Yo, he was like, yo, you need to back up. Like, hang on, like, chill out." Yeah. He's like, "I'll get to you, bro. Fucking relax." <laughs> yeah. He just totally took the wind I, out of my sails. I felt like such a schmuck. But anyway, yeah, and, and I'm sure like you're not the only person that's done that to him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. this this is a thing that they kind of have to um, confront all the time. You yeah. know what I mean? Is people who are very excited and understandably so like these are their idols these are amazing musicians who are renowned you know yeah. and i um we're, we're kind of in the same boat though on that because like <laughs> we both are so excited that to the point where it's like you don't know what to say and then you do something maybe you shouldn't do but you don't realize that it's uncouth or that it's like not how you should approach it but you just go because right. <laughs> you're so excited that you're sort of in autopilot, you know. But that is a definitely an interesting story. That's re- <laughs> I like. I like that you were the absolute last person when you wanted to be the absolute. <laughs> <first person. laughs> 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure he did that on purpose, but yeah. Man. Yeah. I think about Mike Mangini too. I never realized how fucking short this guy is. Right. Like he's like five five or something. Like he's a little yeah, dude. Yeah. He's a really little guy. Portnoy yeah. is too. Portnoy is, but he's taller than him. But yeah, um, really small. You know what I mean? Right. Um, yeah. That's. Yeah, I'm sure you towered over him. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's um. That's all that I, the stuff that I had prepared, unless you have anything extra you wanted to nah, throw. No, man. I think this is, uh, I mean, everyone knows you so well already, you know? And oh, think... yeah, there's that. <laughs> I think it's yeah, I'll awesome. Yeah, sure to, uh, anytime, anytime something, um, obviously I said at the beginning, but anytime something new comes up I want to bring to you or whatever, I'm sure that I'll be welcome back at some point. Absolutely, uh, absolutely. I... I I want to say that I really enjoy the interview episodes the most, but I do listen to all of them, and uh, and it's it's great when the my fellow Dream Theater fans come to you and share their stories, and I encourage them to do so. Um, I'm sure that you have people who want to get on on the podcast, and you should jump at that while there's people around. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. Uh, that's that's always interesting to hear from fellow Dream Theater fans out there. So, yeah. and I know you listen to all of them because you've been the winner of every fucking trivia so far this whole oh, like, season. Did I? I did. I I actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm better at the the question trivia than I'm at the sound clip trivia. The sound clip, yeah. I've got to mix it up, you know. But. And I and I gotta say I wasn't participating as much during the sound clip ones just because like Pete, I would look after it had been posted for a few hours and somebody had already answered you. Yeah. So, but I'm on a roll. You, so. you are. You are. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chris. Good, man. good luck to everyone else then on yes. the next. One. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on, brother. We always love to have you. All right, man. I'll see you next time. All right, everybody. So that was our third interview with Mr. Chris Nays. Chris, thank you so much for coming on yet again. You're always fun. Um, I always get comments that people really like your interviews and you're just an upstanding citizen holding down the Midwest for us. So we uh, really appreciate you, man. Anyway, so moving on, um, I wanted to get to trivia, which, as I mentioned just a few moments ago, Chris has dominated so far for season two. Um, so he was the one who got last time's trivia correct. Um, the question was who mixed the live scenes from New York album? Um, and the answer was Kevin Shirley, as uh, Chris mentioned. And he also did fall into infinity scenes from a memory and maybe a few others. I'm not sure, but those three, I know for sure. <laughs> so good job on that, Chris. Um, so this week's trivia, um, I would like somebody besides Chris to try to get this if possible, but I know he's hard to beat. So this week's trivia is when John Petrucci recorded the awake album. Um, that was the first time he used seven string guitars on a dream theater record. Um, but he did not have his own signature guitar yet for seven string at that point. So my question for you guys is whose signature guitar did he use to record the seven string stuff on awake. And there you go. That's my trivia question. Um, it's a really easy one, I think. So you should get lots of answers. So, um, and that's pretty much it. Uh, the only other thing I wanted to mention before we go, um, if you would like to be a guest on the show and be interviewed and talk about dream theater with me, I would really love to have you guys on just shoot an email over to dream radio at gmail.com or hit me up on like a private message on the Facebook page and we can go ahead and get things started. Um, I'd really love to hear from guests that we haven't had on the show so far and really kind of talk about our community. So don't be shy. Um, a lot of you have great dream theater stories and great input and we would all love to hear them. So hit me up, man. All right. Well, that's it for me, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, there will be another episode album review coming out within the next few days. We're doing two this week to try to make up for a little lost time. So I look forward to sharing that with you as well. So until next time, we will see you. Oh!